the camera fades in on a very monotone airship floating high above the Spellscar Desert. Our crew of outlaws have piloted deep into a raging mana storm, which has drained the color from the world around them, leaving nothing but a black and white. Dispatching a group of would-be mafia who tried to hijack and crash the ship, the outlaws thought that the worst was behind them, except for one person standing ever-vigilant guard on the top of the ship, Saruk, who squinted into the distance, into the oncoming mana storm, and saw a large, ominous shape. And with one awesome Boba Fett moment, launched a ballista missile into the cloud, getting a critical hit. And all that was heard throughout the different decks of this ship as people were rushing to recover and heal themselves. The roar of a dragon sending a chill down everyone's spines. Now everyone must scramble to find a way to prepare for the oncoming dragon onslaught. So, Saruk, you have opted to stay up in the crow's nest area on the top of the ship. Mm-hmm. Anita... How, Reficule, where would you guys like to go? Is there another view for the dragon? Uh, not yet. No, you don't actually have view of it yet. No one's seen it. All you've heard so far is the loud roar of a dragon. You guys didn't know that Saruk shot it with the backpack because he's so far away. You guys aren't quite sure what's going on. But him striking it with a critical hit caused it to roar out in an angry dragon roar of pain. And that's the moment when you guys all realize, oh shit, there's a dragon outside. But you have not laid eyes on it yet. No one has seen it. The, the most you've seen is Saruk has seen like a shadowy figure in the clouds of it. Are there any weapons on the ship that I can assist on using? The only weapon that exists as like a defensive weapon is the uh, the giant harpoon ballista in the top of the ship where Saruk is currently posted with Nolby. Do I have enough time to go up and help Saruk with a with that other ballista? If we were being very strict, I would say no, but like in a sort of running up the to the thing and hearing the dragon roar, I will let you move to the top if you would like to move up there. Okay. I will do that. You, you can go ahead and run up and join Saruk on the top. You just open you open the door out of the ship and you open that door there and you just see like hundreds of feet below you the uh-huh. desert like Refkill and Hal. Is uh <sighs> star an option? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd so, like to go um, home, please. <laughs> go ahead and go up to that, that staircase, um, Anita. And then you have to click the journal. There should be a thing that says the journal icon says use ladder. I don't know if you see it. And then that'll teleport you to the next. So the audience is just going to watch you running from floor to floor. I only set the black and white filter ah, ah, ah. on a couple of the floors. I can't see anything else. So you got to come down this way. Oh. <laughs> all the way down this way until you get here. And this is the ladder that you climb to the top. And then on the very top, we have... I'll pull Tommy up here as well. 
So in this artwork, there's two ballista, but in the actual stat block of this thing, there's only one functioning ballista. Um, so the two of you could man it. I think if you come up here, that'll give Nolby a chance to sort of go back down to, to piloting duties and keeping the ship running. Mm -hmm. Or, Saruk, I could just reload for you. Saruk is staring forward, reloading their Giselle. Never mind. Yeah, so like, just so you know, because I know this is your first time up here um, with Anita, it takes two, two actions to reload this thing. So four actions total to get it reloaded. There's an action to aim, which allows you, it kind of, it's aimed at a single square on the battlefield. And by spending an action, you can kind of re-aim it within like, I think it's like 30 feet of where it's currently aimed. You can move it to any other square within 30 feet. And then an action to fire it once it's like aimed at the right square and loaded and ready to go. Honestly, I think if we keep the two of us plus Nolby, there's enough action economy that maybe that will actually bear fruit as opposed to... That's a fair to... point. We can leave Nolby up here with you to help do reload actions. Because she is more than welcome, more than happy to do that. In that moment, I guess uh, Hal and, and Refugio, you guys are just staying in the uh, the like pilots kind of cockpit. Farrah's like hurt, you know. Farrah's looks pretty beat up, but she's still like conscious. She's still like steering it. She heard the dragons roar, roar and she's like peering, squinting into the like clouds ahead, to see if she can see what's coming. Oh, that's Farrah. Is there is there anything we can do? To help, and he gestures at all the instruments. Slaps your hand away, like, don't touch. I'll sit in this chair. Light light a new cigarette. Refi shouts uh, from behind. Can I shoot through that big window in front of you? Open the fucking side door. But uh, yeah, if you have to, you got to do what you got to do. She'd prefer if you don't shoot through her glass windshield. Because it's expensive to replace, but if you got to, she's not gonna. Oh, Ruffy's opening the door. <laughs> yeah, and then the only thing sh that Farah just kind of calls back is just like, just keep it off the engines, keep it off the ship. Last thing we want is to lose altitude. And with that, let's go ahead and have everyone. Roll me some initiative. Might be the second to last thing. I think the last thing we want to do is die. Mm. Do we have the scouting bonus or not? Yeah, we'll go ahead and get the scouting bonus. That's a 30 for Reficule. Damn. That's a not bad, not bad. Not 20 for Saruk. Nice. Can I roll another? Nice. Good. Good. This pleases <laughs> me. <laughs> In the chat. In in chat. Oh, yeah, you got the jump on initiative. So it's still, this creature's still out in the clouds, but we, we kind of flash up here to the uh, top of the observation deck. Saruk, what would you like to do on the first, uh, on the first, first, round. On the first okay, so round of combat? Round of combat. Experience points. Okay, so that that bullet that I loaded into uh, my Giselle is a special one. It is. That's. <clears throat> I don't know if this is gonna work, but I'm gonna give it a shot. I have to use an interact action to get the magic as well. So we're gonna hope for the best here. Devise a stratagem. I'm probably hero pointing this. Total of twenty-four. Yeah, you know what? I'm hero pointing. Ha! 
Attack! Down, down to that 23. what I deserve. Okay, so that is unfortunate. Uh, I think... I... Is it where it is on the board, or is it, like, significant? It's still pretty far ahead of you guys. Yeah, it's still so far up that it's still obscured by, like, the, the clouds. I have it here on the map just so you have a thumb you can click on a target, but it is still pretty far out there, like... Like, I think we said it was at least, like, 120 feet away. That makes sense. Okay, so then better to not take the shot in the first... I'm sorry, guys, I didn't get it in the first round. I have failed you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think... The smartest idea in this moment, something that never gets done. I think I would like to recall knowledge if I can. Hey, you don't. I don't know how well I can see it or if it's enough to get a vibe. Yeah, you don't have any sight on it yet, right? But we can say based on what you heard and based on the shape that you've seen and based on you know where you are in the region. Yeah, let's go ahead and make a recall knowledge check. In this case, you're going to be using. Uh, the the default would be either Arcana or Nature, but if you have if you have a specific lore that you think would apply here, uh, I shouldn't have chose Briar lore. Why didn't I choose random Dragon lore? Damn it! Okay, <laughs> always choose marks. Dragon lore. <laughs> always choose Dragon lore. Yeah, given the circumstances, you're having a hard time coming up with anything that's going to help you in this moment. You you come up with nothing useful. Um, perhaps if you have a better, if you get a look at it, you might have a better shot. But that is a failure on your. Well, okay, you have a you have a feat, right? What is your feat? You have dubious knowledge. I have a lot of feats. Do I have Something dubious like knowledge? That? Let's double check. Uh, what you have. Doing a hundred miles of reading. My brain is going a mile. I have cognitive cross. Thank you. Cognitive cross. I know you I took something. You. All right. Yeah. If you gain no information from a recall knowledge check because you failed using one of the two screw what so what do you what feats do you have for cognitive crossover? I chose uh it was crafting and arcana. Okay. So this is arcana. Yeah. So it says when you the trigger is you gain no information from recall knowledge check because you failed the secret check, that is true. It mm -hmm. says you may immediately reattempt the triggering check using the other chosen the other skill. One. All right, and crafting. So <laughs> what do I know about how to build dragons? We're about to find out. Okay. How to, how to build your dragon. How to build your dragon. Okay. Giving the, the, what you rolled versus the DC, um, I still think you get no information even on that reroll. Uh, that's fair. Okay, so then action the third... Uh, the map is strange. Is the ballista pointed like this currently? So I think I think Nobi would have been able to repoint it like somewhere out, off the front of the, the ship for sure. So we'll just say it's sort of pointed right near the... She got it aimed right at the front of the ship. So we'll just say like... I should probably put a square that we can kind of mark this. Yeah, or like a token that can be dragged somewhere to determine like this is the square it's aiming at kind of thing. Because my last action is going to be to probably turn the ballista somewhere. He aims at Anita. This will make Refi change his ways. Have you ever heard the saying in eye for an eye? <laughs> we could talk about this. Nope. Alright, just for the temporary, I'm gonna use Aldo. Aldo, no, what are Aldo. you doing here? <laughs> and then I'll give um Aldo's the dragon. Holy shit. Oh wow, you've really improved yourself to all that fucking what did we call it? 
Torog Zumba. Zumba. The Zumba classes. Aldo is our targeting ridicule for the, <laughs> for the thing. Yeah. So you should have the ability to move those right. I give you guys ownership of the token. Mm-hmm. And then you guys should the aiming it is a minimum of 25, maximum 35. So I think. Yeah, so yeah, it says. One aim feet. allows you to move 35 feet. Yeah, it says minimum distance 25 feet. I think that means it has to just target at least 25 feet away from you. Yeah. I believe so that's then, how that works. Uh, where Aldo's token is plus 30 feet off the board. Are you counting for winded? You got to hold probably three Aldo's over. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that all three actions? Yeah. yeah. All right. That brings us to Reficule. I've opened the door. And I see fuck all. So I draw I, my pistol's already drawn. I believe it's already been reloaded. So I. I'm sure it has. I'll make a perception check to see if I can see this dragon. All right, give me an active perception check. Question marks. All right, you look out and you kind of like squint into the the mana storm and through like the crackling energy and the lightning, you do see a shape of a creature. It's, you have no visual on it because it is obscured through all the stuff, but you're able to locate the square it's in and you can take a shot at it. It is- How far out is it? Right. Currently it's at sitting at about 100, 120 feet out. So that'd just be in the second, just at the second range increment of my pistol. Fuck it, why not? I'll take a shot. So I'll, I'll move your target out here just visually and you can you can target this thing here just so you have a target on it. but. All right. You like leaning. When you like, actually, what happens is because when you open the door, it actually does a little fold-out thing. So there is like sort of a stair case that you can kind of stand on out here as you hold on the edge of the ship. Nice. Yeah, I got to hold up the top because I'm left-handed, so it's like had to be on the right <laughs> fucking side of the ship, didn't it? There's a door on the other side too. Well, now that I see it's right on this side, I'm not going to go to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Take a minus All ten right. wind shear penalty. <laughs> oh, fuck. God. All right, gotta move all like the over. Physics, <laughs> physics finder. So shadow run. Make sure I'm targeting. Minus two. Gotcha. No. All right, nineteen total. That's gonna be a miss. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, I'm gonna use a hero point. Why not? Do it. Yeah, Let's you do are. it. You don't fight a dragon very often. Let's make it count. 19 is bumped up to a 30. That is a hit. Regular damage. Regular roll. Eh, Not great. Six points of damage. Yep, so that's two actions. Third action, reload. Reload it is. So in this case, on its turn, you guys are going towards it. It flies out of the mana storm directly at the ship. And for just a moment, you all get a good look at it because it's no longer hidden or obscured. And this is what you guys see flying out of the cloud. Whoa. Nice close-up picture. It's it's got dragon wings. It's it's a medium creature. It's or sorry, it's like a large creature, so it's got a large shape to it. But as it comes out, it looks less like a dragon and more like a dragon-like. Creature. It's got a dragon head and dragon wings, and it's got a goat head and a lion head all stitched on to the front of this weird creature. And it 
You know, crafting is suddenly making much more sense. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it roars, the dragon roars, and, and hidden within the roar of the dragon, you hear the roar of the lion and the, like, sort of bleeding uh, of the goat. All, yeah, exactly, <laughs> all coming together as this. Anita, what do, what do goats sound like again? <laughs> <laughs> I heard that's what they sound like if they yell. God. And it, it like dives right at your, it like flies towards your ship, and then it actually goes. Let's see. I guess technically it just it flies and it flies so like it goes like right over the top of the ship. So where Ruffy is kind of over the ship, but you're looking up, you can kind of see it floating just over the top of the ship. I think it probably flies right off the edge of the wing. So we'll just say it lands somewhere over here. I know our both views are kind of different this creature it ends up just off the side of the the ship down here oh god but it uses all its actions just to close that distance so that's it um anita you are next when does nobi go last all right so i'm gonna trust nobi to shoot all right so i'm gonna use two actions to load the ballista I think in the in the time since this thing has come, like you and Nobi have got it loaded and ready to go. There's a bullet loaded. All the actions have been spent, but the the targeting reticule is currently, although the targeting reticule is currently on the front of the ship, and this thing has like moved off to the side, so it's not currently aimed at it. Okay, so I'll use an action to aim. Okay, so you can move it up to 35 feet. Yes. One aim action is up to 35 feet of movement. <laughs> It's a little bit unwieldy to use siege weapons. And then I'll use my second action to launch. Well, wait, one second. One, so, so one move action moves Aldo 35 feet. So go ahead and move Aldo 35 feet. Okay. 35. It's up to you. You're moving the aiming 35 feet with one move action. With one action. So, so one action gets that closer. So now if you want to move it more, that's the second action. Yeah, I don't think there's. You could, if you wanted to move it three times to there, then Nolby could move and fire on Nolby's turn. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, that's that'll be second action there. Yeah. Boom. So you're able to swing it around quite a bit, not quite enough to get it completely on the creature, but you've moved it a lot, and on um, on Nolby's turn, she'll be able to finish use her actions to finish it off. Go Nolby! That's it for my turn. All right, back to the observation deck with Hal. What would Hal like to do? I think Hal's going to do what Paris said and go towards the engines. Engines are down here, right? So, yeah, either one of these two staircases here and here will lead you up to the engine room, but you got to go. You're like two floors below the engine room right now. Up, oh, got it. I'm thinking it's down for some reason. Yeah, this is this observation deck is the bottom floor. Then you have the rooms above that. Then you have the center of the air balloon above that. And then that's where the engines are. And then above that is the catwalk up a ladder. You said up, not out. <laughs> yes. I can do it. I can do it. So I will use. Continue to run up the stairs. So that's 35. I got 25 more. And is this also up? Or is it? up here 
yeah, to get to the to the engine rooms, you'll want to get essentially in this hallway all the way to the north. There's a staircase that leads up. And you can see because Anita's already come this way. She's run all the way up there and used that ladder to get up. So once you get up that ladder, that'll take you to the engine floor. All right. Well, Nobi gets to go next. Nobi uses her first action to swing it over the creature, aims it right at the at the the creature. Second action is going to be to launch. So, for this ballista, it's a it's a reflex save for the target. Once you've targeted, once you've launched, there's no attack roll. It's just a reflex save. So this creature needs to make a reflex save, DC 19 reflex save. Oh boy. Mm. 28 is a success, but not a critical oh success. Boy. So that means half damage. So 28 points of damage halved. So it does kind of like strike into this thing and deal 12 points of damage. 14 points of damage, sorry, 14 points of damage. That's basically all Nobi can do, uh, which brings us to the top of the next round. That is Saru. Alrighty, let's try this again. Now you are in my first range increment. Why is there an error in my macro syntax? It worked a second ago. Okay, I meant there we go. Device a strat. Hey! Oh my god! <laughs> I did it. Okay, so a lot of fun Let's things go. happen here. I uh, just manifested another crit. For my second action, I activate the glue bullet. And I'm going to print it again. This is important because I'm going to crit them and the flying creature is going to be immobilized. Samajuskam is just going to do a damage buttons. Oh my gosh. Yes. Ugh. 42 oh. points of damage. Nice. Another nice. 42 points. Didn't you do 42 points the first crit? Something like that. Uh, they take a minus 10 foot circumstance penalty to their speeds for the rest of their life or seven rounds, and they are immobilized <laughs> until they escape. Yeah, you. so the, the, you watch as you crit, and then the, the bullet sort of expands and just explodes into a burst of glue, and the wings start, like, not working right, and this thing cannot move correctly. That's... Nice. Holy crap. And then because Amazing. that happens, because shared stratagem, I... Designate Ruffy. They're flat. Well, they're immobilized, so they're flat-footed. Fucking anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. All done. As a free action, I blow smoke from the barrel of my Gisela and pass turn. Oh my god. Yeah, we. If you have not put a crit in chat, you need to put a crit in chat for that one. Now, do it. And Ruffy. That's interesting. Thanks, Tusks. And I shoot it. (laughs) Yeah. And I assume it's not in my second range increment anymore. So it's 80 feet up, so I think it's still in the second range increment. It's not far away anymore, but it's pretty high above you, yeah. Just use 10 paces, you'll get closer. Uh, it's already adding it. Just 10 paces forward. Towards I it. do have, uh, you know, I do have uh, that snap leaf on, so. Just, have to come <laughs> <laughs> Just jump off. <laughs> Alright, I will shoot. Hacha! Uh, oh. 25 is a hit exactly because of the immobilized position. Nice. Nice. Nice damage. Ooh. 12 points of damage. Nice damage. All right. Nice. It's still hanging on. All right. Second action, reload. Third action, why not shoot it at a map? 
Just for funsies. Just for fun. Nope. Natural 20. I feel it. Natural 20. I feel it. In my goods. Uh, oh, oh, 24, oh. which is one off. The range penalty just makes it miss. Well, sorry, I couldn't kill it. We're going to have to fight it the rest of the time now. I believe in gravity. Well, yeah, that's sort of the issue, right? So a creature, like, so a creature that flies... If it doesn't use a fly action, it starts to fall. It cannot use a fly action because it's immobilized. I believe that's how that works in this game. It has to either take an action to to hover or take a move action, a fly action, neither of which it can do while it's currently immobilized. Can it take an escape action first? It can try to escape out of it. That is true. I'm trying to think. Like a caterpillar being burst into a butterfly. But it wants to eat us. <laughs> okay, it's going to try to... The, the only thing it can do is while it's immobilized here, it has to try to break out of it. So it's going to use its first action to break out, or attempt to break out of this. Uh, the DC is 18. Mm -hmm. So it has a plus 17 here. Let's see. Yeah, we're hoping uh, for... So that is, it does get out. I mean, still 42 points of damage is. Yeah, yeah. I no longer believe in gravity. Gravity is bullshit. <laughs> so I think, I think it does break out of the immobilized condition. Mm -hmm. Gravity doesn't work because Galarian is flat. <laughs> didn't get a critical success, so it doesn't get a free strike. So it used one action, it only has two actions left. I think, I think honestly, like looking at what you guys have done to this thing. It uses its next two actions to just fly, like, fly as far as it can back into the storm. And, like, away from your ship. Let me, let me check his, let me check something. Okay, no, it's not intelligent. <laughs> it's hungry. Okay. It does here... From where it is, it uses its breath weapon ability. Ooh. It's a 60-foot line. I'm the last one that shot it. You are, but Saruk crit it twice. Oh, you noble, noble mans down there. <laughs> Hit me with the lightning! Okay, from, wh from where it is... From where it is, it looks at it looks across the bow of the ship. It looks at Saruk, Anita, the Ballista, everything. It lines a shot right through here. You, you, it's above you, ref. You look up, you see the lightning rip across the top of the ship. Anita, Saruk, you guys can give me a reflex saving throw. Now, here's the thing: the ship itself also needs to make a reflex saving throw with a piloted thing. Ooh, Saruk with a f both of those, fifteen and a fourteen. <clears throat> They're both. No, I would thank like you. to use the hero point. <laughs> Go ahead. Not a critical failure, but it is a failure. Better. Anita also bumps it up to a failure, but not a critical failure. At least that's 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 good. <laughs> yeah, for the ship, the pilot of the ship has to make the save for the ship. So it uses Ferris piloting skills. She's she's currently the pilot. So like narratively, what's happening is the like out of the corner of rearview mirror, she sees the lightning bolt charging up. And she like throws the like spinner thing that causes the whole ship to bank. We'll see if she's able to pull this off with her airship lore. So she gets a 24. So all of those are failures. 
fairly low damage. Half, uh, everyone takes 21 points of electricity damage. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, let's go. You should see the other guy. <laughs> and you guys watch as, as the bolt rips across the sort of blimp part of the ship. There's like a zap as like it pops and like a bunch of the air in that pocket starts gushing out. Like that whole thing just deflates and one section of the ship is now floating like less. And you kind of feel the whole ship get heavier and start slowly descending. But that is its turn. Uh, that brings us to Anita, or is it, it's Anita then how, right? It's, uh, yeah. Uh, so two actions to load the ballista. All right, so two actions, half loads it. It needs one more load action to be fully loaded. One more full action, so all three actions, yeah? It's, it's, it's two, it's a two action ability to load it, and it takes two of those to get it loaded. So you can't load it fully. But theoretically, Nolby could load it, finish loading it on her turn. Okay, uh, and then... And it hasn't moved because it had to spend an action breaking free. It couldn't actually fly, like, stride anywhere, so it hasn't moved out of the square it's at. Okay, perfect. So, and then my third action would be to aid Nolby by holding on to the ballista tighter. Oh, wait, no. I would like to... I'll try to uh, aid Nobi by, let's see here, I don't know what it's called, but by tightening up the rope so that the tension would cause it to shoot further and hit harder. Awesome. So using crafting? Crafting, up, 100% crafting was an awesome skill to use in this. I like okay. it. All right, Hal. I will continue to run. You're running, and then the whole ship banks to the side, and like you slam against a wall. <laughs> but you're able to keep running. Which way is the engine <laughs> down here at the bottom? Yeah, yeah, so your way up here at the front of the ship, the engine room is like all the way down here at the bottom. So it's it's pretty far away. Dean. 30. And that's my turn. Uh, Nolby. Two actions to load it. Third action, since Anita's got it all set up, that's going to be just a straight, another shot. Two shots in two rounds. I'm aiding her as well. Make that crafting check. I'm doing it with assurance, so that's 24. Sorry, no, 20. 20? Okay, that's a success. Technically, she gets a circumstance bonus to the roll, but she doesn't make an active roll. But because it's an awesome visual, I will just impose... A minus one circumstance penalty to the saving throw. Whee! So the creature got to 24, which goes down to a 23, which is still a uh, success. It still takes half damage. All you need is have uh, nice roll. Great Ooh, roll. That's a good roll. Great roll. And that's going to do it. So with that, like the like bolt rings out, hits the creature like dead center, it screams. All three heads are like screaming in pain as you watch as the thing just like falls like out of the sky down into the mana storm below. And like, there's like that, like, what's that fall sound effect you got queued up, Rick? The, the, the classic fall sound effect, the Wilhelm scream. Well, that's the Looney Tunes one. <laughs> Ta -da. Wilhelm scream, but goat bleats. Yeah. <laughs> or that, also good. Oh, wow. 
Yes, that. Game over. Game over, man. But before it's able to even lay a single, like, breath weapon... Okay, well, it did puncture the ship a little bit, but for the most part, you guys are coming out of this squeaky clean. Ooh, that's a roof doing. Yeah, the, uh, the dragon-slash-manticore creature is no longer a threat. It falls out of the sky... I think Saruk is immediately gonna just like hit the ladder, Same. slide down, start running to where the damage is. So uh, you get you get down into the deck, and I guess Hal would see this because he's in there too, right above you guys. There's the way the ship's constructed is there's multiple pockets of air right in here, and each air each pocket is kind of kept separate from the rest. So what it looks like on one of the pockets, right where right under the catwalk one of these pockets in the middle section of that ship is just torn open and you can just see the sky and the mana storm above you kind of blowing it in the wind but the other five or so pockets are holding tight and you guys don't have quite as much buoyancy and quite as much lift as you did previously but the the ship is still like holding steady you've sunk in your altitude a bit but it, it does not appear that you immediately are like in danger of crash landing or anything like that. More damage would have been catastrophic. And in this case, there is no catastrophic damage. We really dodged a bullet on that one, huh? Or he did not dodge a bullet. Damn it, Refi. <laughs> you guys fix this. Yes, big yes, tire? I'm fine. Yes. Are you going to climb out there? Here, hold on. Let me help you. I'm going to tie a rope around. You see, uh, you see uh, Gel- Gebin and Nolby, who are the, the two that are like responsible for keeping the ship up. They're like scratching their heads. They're like, nah, it'll be fine, boss. Don't worry. I got like uh, five other pillows. See them over there? They're holding fast. Uh, we can't repair it in flight. We'll need to set her down. But other than that, we're going we're gonna to get her fixed right up. No problem. We even got, we brought reserves of gas down and, and storage. We're going to be good. He gives you like the okay symbol. All right. If you're sure, I'll head back up and make sure we don't have any more unwelcome company. Good shot, by the way. And head back up. I guess we don't have to repair anymore, Hal. Whoop. At least their, their sort of goblin expertise is let's not attempt to repair this in flight. This is the kind of thing you dock to repair. They don't seem concerned for the overall structural integrity of the ship. Like, Farrah is, is near Refi. Farrah's, like, watching out of the rearview mirror. She's like, did you get him? Yes. Uh. I'm still hanging out the side. <laughs> 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 I think we all kind of got him, but, uh... Saruk shot him with some kind of... Let's just say it's, uh... Not fit for TV kind of bullet. <laughs> God damn it. Oh... I don't understand what you're saying, Ravi. How long have you two been close friends? <laughs> and how, long, how much do you let him out? He he's not he's not a prisoner. If <laughs> he could go out uh, any time he pleased. Was it a lot or a little? Hmm. Was it a lot or little? Usually, we'd have to force him out because he just didn't really. Well, he would go, but for the most part, if it's like for fun or hobbies, no, he won't. He won't do it his own accord. I knew that was his first time. All right. I'm going to sit here and 
go to sleep. Miss Farah, if, if you mind, could I work and tend to your wounds really quickly? I'm fine. What are you worried about? Please, I need your consent. If not, I'll be forced to put my hands on you because you are bleeding. She looks down and sees, like, an open wound. Ah, fine. Thank but I'm you. Still sh I need to be here to control the ship. I could do that while you do that. I, I think there's a, a shot of him, like, sleeping and just being tossed out of his bed during all this. But, you know, he comes down. Dezen, that's it. Dezen comes down. And Dezen takes over for Pharaoh so she, you can take the time to treat her. And that's fine. And then s same with Hal Burn as well. Sirik is going to patch himself up. Go ahead. You can all take this. Uh, the, the, you kind of like break the storm. You come at the other end of the mana storm. And as the ship kind of emerges from the like zapping clouds, you see all the color just comes back into the world. No longer is the world black and white. You look down and everyone is back to their full color form, except for Hal, of course, which we've already established does not change. Hal, I think you actually look paler with everything else. I feel paler. Oh man, Saruk. Failure on the check. But I think um I think narratively too, uh you guys start healing because you guys are really worried that something bad's about to happen, because like any adventurer, everything's gonna change when you're worried about your hit points. I will say that that was the last of the threats between you and your journey to the Cradle of Courts, and the next few hours pass surprisingly uneventfully. So this is the part of the adventure where you guys are supposed... Your ship is supposed to crash. Except Saruk. Forcing, Except me. Forcing you guys to make the last bit of travel on foot from the ship to the Cradle of Course. However, given the two natural 20s, the glue bullet, and everything Ooh. that happened, you guys did Take not... That, railroad. Give it, I mean, yeah, you guys basically did not... Your ship did not get nearly damaged enough to have anything other than slightly like slower, like, you know, you just lost a little bit of air. So that being said, you guys are fast forwarding a large portion of the content because yeah, I mean, yeah, screw you railroading, but also you just avoided the danger. And, you know, I don't want to like force the, uh, force the ship to crash. So I guess what happens is not what I expected and not what I was prepared for. You guys are able to uh, complete the journey get near where the Cradle of Quartz is. Now, the Cradle of Quartz is kind of in um, a canyon. I think it's called Tentacle Canyon. What Farah does is she slowly, they kind of bring the ship and park it slowly, like, outside the edge of the canyons where there's more space for the ship to land and sort of docks it there where they can do the repairs and just kind of points off to the distance. And you see large canyons. There's, like, large cliff, fa cliff faces and like canyons that kind of snake in and out. And as she, she <laughs> blows this cloud of smoke in your face, there we go. Tentacle Canyon. If you have, a, if the cradle is anywhere, these are the coordinates you gave me. It's got to be in there. We're going to stick here. We're going to uh, repair the ship, get her uh, ship sh tip top shape. We'll wait for your return. Very good. Uh, if you're not back in. Shall we say two hours? How many? How long do you think you need before we leave you? You need wait till we return, please. All right, but if it's 
You never know. There might be more strange draconic beings out there that you might need the new resident snipers who uh, serve blows across the barrel of this Giselle again. I'm no fool. There's a chance you're not coming back, so let's set a maximum wait time here. A week? If you're not back in a week, can we can we go back? Sure, sure. Seven days you can go. Seven days sounds fair. And she shakes your hand on it. Which gives you guys a minute to sort of gather all of your stuff and prepare to journey to the cradle. And as we sort of move from that phase to this, I wasn't expecting you to do this mid-session, but guys, you're leveling up right now. Yes! yes. Oh my god! So we can we can either going up on stream and talking about our characters for everybody. Yeah. Do we want to? So we're we're pretty close to break. We could take an early break and let you guys level up the characters and come back, or we could spend a little bit of time talking through your choices you're going to make. What do you guys uh, feel? Just char- a character creation episode. <laughs> Saruk has been done since like December, so it's just really path builder. I still yeah. gotta look. I say done, then new content comes out. I'm like, mm, what if this instead? <laughs> what about that one other thing? You know, what about Annie, my decision paralysis. Love. It's good we took an airship, oh, right? If we had taken a train, I feel you know, just we're taking much longer by railroad. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no. That deserves a break. Welcome back to Outlaws of Alkenstar. We had a bit of a longer break than usual because we had a lot of character choices to make and everyone was like, I know, okay, to quote, I know exactly what my character's done. It's been done for a long time, followed by I'm making a last minute change. It wasn't a last minute change. It was just a change I forgot I was making. And then it happened and and things were like... But thanks for bearing with us. We didn't expect to level up mid-session, so I think we're doing pretty well, all things considered. We open up on the shot, right? The The second kiss is moored. It's, it's docked right in the uh, outsets of the Technical Canyon. Everyone on board is uh, kind of outside looking at the damage. We got Nolby and Gevin who are starting to do the very minimal repairs necessary to get the ship back to full tip-top shape. Meanwhile, our outlaws are inside sort of getting everything prepared because you guys realize that you are heading from the ship into the Cradle of Quartz, which you guys have had your eyes set on for the last four days and the last six sessions or so. I think it's been quite a while. Uh, thank you, That Guy in an Escape, for the Prime 14-month resub. That is awesome. Thanks, That Guy. Um, that Guy in Escape. We'll cut back to uh, to you guys waking up, getting last minute preps. You guys hit level six in a very interesting spot, mechanically speaking. Like there was no like big revelation. It's like the airship lands and you guys go to sleep and wake up like the Undertaker, like super refreshed with the new abilities. But I just think narratively, you guys have been working on this stuff in your spare time and the downtime for you know. I like the notion that Saruk has been beating himself up. <laughs> A lot, a lot, a lot for all of the times when decisive action might have, you know, helped his friends put things down faster. And there's constant missing followed by beat yourself up out behind the barrel and bullet training, which has then with said training uh, come to fruition in this moment when people are in danger and it's just blow, blow down. That is an awesome thought. And, and even Saruk out of character, Tommy was like in chat before the game starts like, man. I'm manifesting this moment. 
I did. I put little star emojis on it and fucking everything. <laughs> yeah. And you and Saruk, both of your like things all align perfectly for that moment. And uh, yeah, so is there any like there's a narrative beat here as you guys have last minute to prepare, um, you know, prepare your packs, any gear you need to take, any last minute preparation before you have to head in to find the cradle courts within Tentacle Canyon. Is there anything you guys would like to any moments between each other before we set up? Prior to landing, Anita would have been doing like you've noticed ever since she became like an like this weird hybrid that she's been a little bit more not necessarily doting, but she always makes sure that all right, so the day has started. Here is your moderate uh here's your lightning bottle, here is your elixir, and then she goes ahead and straightens up all the ablative like paddings that you know like Saruk, uh Ruffy and How has uh she it, I think it's more of like she's she's covering up her mini PTSD with just working. That's pretty Healthy. much it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go to the kitchen a lot because there's fire in there. That's pretty much shit. Sirk probably spends most of, I think, when it's not literally we're sleeping on the way there, just like up in the crow's nest, cutting a profile against the mana waste, just silently watching and contemplating the things about to happen from above everybody else, silent overwatch style. Yeah, and I think Hal's probably doing leg lifts, doing this motion up and down the middle of the ship. Just trying to get some. That's Saruk's morning routine. Have you been watching Saruk wake up? Just gotta keep yes. doing those cap raises. Work out together. Yeah, cross it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm trying to recreate the drink that Lucky made for me because I actually really liked it. <laughs> well, you got all the ingredients there, that's for sure. It's just figuring out which ones they were. I picture Reficule smelling them, and if it smells sweet, he pours it in, and then mm -hmm. he takes the next <laughs> one and smells it, and like pours it in and takes the next one, and it's like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, the first ones are just pretty much syrup and like grain alcohol. Whew. I think, um, let me ask this how, like the last three days of journey, have you been sharing the room with Celessa as offered? And has there been any, like what is the goodbye between Hal and Celessa look like? I think it's probably like the first night he was really hurt. And so he's like, I'm, I'm really hurt. I'm just going to sit here and, and I, I think Anita would be coming in every once in a while and checking. And then the next day when he's all patched up, she would probably come in and, and he would just be going to sleep because he'd been staying up in the middle of the night to on watch with Refi and getting hammered. And then probably when he'd come in the afternoon for, for our nap, like Celeste would disappear during dinner and then Anita would walk in and they'd be knocked out on the bed, like together, just knocked out, sleeping. Nothing, nothing overly... Uh, suggestive, but just like friends when you used to spend the night and you'd sleep on each other's beds. Rafa, you wouldn't believe what I saw when I walked into Halbrin's room. What? Oh no, I thought it was sweet. It was just he was taking a nap with this, uh, with Celessa. Really now? Yeah. It took me a while to figure it out. I didn't know. I was trying to understand why she was there all the time. 
But now I feel like I think I do understand. Maybe they shared something special before. That's why they're that comfortable with each other. Like they killed someone together. Probably. That's what I think too. I mean, they were both shield marshals. I think. You know what? Maybe we should just ask Halbrand if he has the time. Or Celessa. Yeah, sure. Is that alcohol that I smell on you? This early? I think that's licorice. Not really sure. It's a bit sweet even for me. Really? Almost. And I take another shot of it. Ugh. I don't know how you all get to do that all the time, every day. It's like a bright neon green liquid in the glass. It looks like gasoline. Might be. Not really sure. All right. Yeah, I think you. you there, there's like a, a shot of like Celessa that comes up to Hal as Hal's getting ready to leave. And she doesn't. She looks really awkward. She's kind of like, you know, putting her hand. She doesn't know what to do with her hands. And she's kind of like. <laughs> yeah, you put your hand up for a high five, and there's like a very like enthusiastic high five between the two of you, and she's just like, uh, "Come back safe, Tiger." I thought he was a wolf. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like sort of split up. You just see finally like it's stopped being complete black and white, and there's like red. You <laughs> <laughs> see, leaves. You see the same, like on on Celeste's, like her her uh, her uh, greenish cheeks are like getting a little bit flush as she sort of smiles herself. She walks away. Um, I think Saruk, you have like the the two like the halfling merchant. They come up to you, and they're like, "Sir, I heard something. The crew was talking that you guys are going to some sort of cradle or something like." We're not entirely sure what that is. Like, is that what we came out here for? It's what we did. Something we've got to investigate. Don't worry about it. I mean, is there a business opportunity that we might be able to get our hands involved in? No, I very much doubt it. Just some stuff for some people who know some people. If I find something that I think might make for a lucrative investment, I'll let you know. Oh, that's a deal. We'll uh, we'll just sit tight, and uh, yeah. we didn't, you know, we heard what you did, and we wanted to thank you for stopping that attack. Like I said, and then tap, tap, taps badge again. Right, right. Duty, honor, all of that, but still, personal on a personal level, you're in our debt. We're in your debt. Sure, you can pay that back by not getting eaten while I'm not here. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. And there's like a laugh. <laughs> uh, they seem very relaxed compared to how they were pretty earlier in the in the journey. Yeah, Anita, there's like a tap on your shoulder. There's like a... Hmm. So you're really going in there, kid? And it's, uh, it's Gattleby. Yes, do you want to go? Actually, no, don't say yes to that. I'm not stepping off the ship. He hands you like a folded up piece of paper puts it in the palm of your hand just in case you find anything and any of this could be useful to us and then he doesn't know what to do so he just kind of like gives you like a little noogie on your head and then walks away 
Professor, I, I, I have a question for you. Do you know... As he's nuggying you. Yeah, do you know who Shaman Lyserium is? That asshole back at the, the bar that Phoebe brought in, right? He hung out with... He wouldn't shut up for days. That's true. But you know, part of him... He became of... Partly because of you. I'm not sure if that was stated. I mean, jealousy makes people do all kinds of crazy things, but it is the driver of invention, is it not? Always always striving for greatness. Because of jealousy? I guess whatever motivates you to be better, right? We all have someone that we're jealous of, and we all have someone we're trying to prove we're better than. I'm not jealous of anyone. But when you're at the top like me, everyone's going to look up at you. Sure. I'm just... I'm mentioning it because I can't I can't help but think that because of how he felt about you, even though it was done very indirectly, it was sort of still part of why what happened to me happened. I guess I never really looked at it that way. Bolt, kid. You really think I'm responsible for your failures? Mm, my failures? What do you mean? No. I'm saying that one person, I don't know where he is now, but one person was driven so mad because I guess a jealousy, yeah, sure. Like, until now. I don't know, maybe it just rubbed me off the wrong way when you called him, when you called him an asshole. He was an asshole, objectively speaking. He is, but coming from you, it kind of rubs me off the wrong way because you are the reason why he became what he became. A very dangerous line of thinking, kid. You all we can do is be the best that we can possibly be, and what other people the choices they make that's that's not our responsibility. That's true. Besides, this is very clearly an upgrade to the student that I had in class so long ago or worked alongside in the lab. Get up, you got going. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it was one of the things that I thought of. It's pretty quiet here, the airship. You get to think a lot. Just don't get yourself killed again. I'm trying not to. What is this anyway? It's three simple words. It says mana waste salt. Mana waste, like a, as a, like a conductor, a, a, a condiment. Make a diplomacy check. Okay. Let's see how, how well you've got Galaby to like you in this conversation. <laughs> how much you how much of an impression you've made or how much you've improved your status with Galaby. Uh, 23. Nice. That's reasonable. I think he he smiles, looks down, looks at you, and in his eyes you've at least he likes you more than he used to. So he just says a stabilizer. Not just a stabilizer, kid. The stabilizer. All right. I'll keep it hush-hush, too. And then he goes ahead and leaves. All right, I think I think we're ready to hit the, the old dusty trail here. So we go ahead and we exit, we exit the ship. You guys kind of wave goodbye. Any other last-minute stuff you guys want to do before it's time to go? Because otherwise the ship starts 
shrinking in the distance as you guys kind of disappear into the maze of the canyon. I look to the group. We have enough to eat here for the next seven days. I mean, I can gather some more lizard tails out here in the desert for up to up to five of us. Look at Saru. <laughs> yeah, I think we ought to be fine. If not, we'll figure it out. Annie. Hmm. Yes. Saw you talking okay. with God. I'll be back there. Yeah. Saw your facial expressions. Yeah. Can I shoot him yet? Oh. I don't. Maybe no. 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 <laughs> Not maybe. No. Sure. Just glares and says nothing. I'll be waiting. <laughs> and I walk up. <laughs> I think he'll walk up next to Hal and be like, Hal will lean in and be like, don't take all the fun. Just look back and start pull out a sword and start walking towards the cradle, like looking for footprints and tracks and trying to find stuff in the desert sand. I take a, like, I step next to Saruk and then I say, Saruk, and then I pull out the letter that Gatobi gave me. Professor Gatobi asked me to, you know, like, let him know if we find these Manaway salts. Apparently, it's the stabilizer for, you know. And I'm thinking, with all the harm that it's already done, should I say anything if we do find it? What do you think? A stabilizer isn't like a like a reagent. Not like yep. something for a mood. I mean... If you told Gattleby that you found it and you gave it to him, what do you think Gattleby would do with it? Honestly, nothing. Because he just wants to make the best version of his invention. However, even with the drafts that he has now, people are already going crazy over it. What more if they find out that he has like a better, much more improved version? By that very logic, we should turn in our guns because people who we don't want to have guns will probably want to have guns like our guns, right? I see where you're coming from. I think perhaps better in the long term to make sure that those who wish to Im imitate the, the genius high rolls who we brought with us, we either make sure they have good intentions or as in when they do not have good intentions. I would say we'd let Alkenstar sort it out, but <laughs> I'm going to be stuck here forever, aren't I? <sighs> Sorry. You have us? That is true. And I don't know, Hal's friend seems misguided and could be doing much more, but I think her part is in about 2% of the right place. I'm maybe dreaming too big for Alkenstar at large, but yeah, no, it's if something bad happens because of something that someone made, it's only the fault of that someone if that someone did it. Is that helpful? Yes. Alright, so I'll still look for it. And I'll be honest, if I do find it, I'll tell them. I'll keep an eye out too. Maybe we can use it for whatever else we get roped in after this. Right? Mm -hmm. Because if it's too, if it's that great of a stabilizer for Pyronite, what more for other things? 
Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It turns out something that explodes can also cause... I'm preaching to the choir on the science. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The That merchant couple that we brought with us, they were also looking for... How did they put it? Keen business opportunities? Which I suppose it very well could be. The salts? Yeah, there's a bunch of it out here. Or is that hmm. what Gatabee was implying? Or... Is it just a, if you happen to see this thing that exists out here sometimes? I think I think that's what that's what he's implying. And then if we do find it, maybe bring a little bit of it back. I see. Mm-hmm. And when we bring a little bit back, we tell Gattleby we maybe hold on to some for ourselves, depending on quantity, and go from there. Sounds like a plan. Oh, it does. The group of outlaws meander their way in a in a short montage towards the tentacle canyon in search of the cradle of course there's like a lot of long overhead shots of like footprints in the stand like the long shadows being cast across the desert super weird sort of like mana storms blowing through but you're protected from the brunt of the storms here within the canyon walls the the high cliffs that are around you sort of shields from the worst of the effects and it's not too long like only a few hours of like making your way into the canyon when you kind of are like blinded by like a glint of blue that sort of like catches your eye and as you sort of like shield your eyes and look this sort of image here that we see on the landing screen this is what you guys come across what up ahead of you one wall of the curved canyon is carved into this elaborate facade visible even at this great distance that you are at. Pillars, circles, geometric patterns, they all give the impression of an entrance into a giant temple that looks built right into one of the cliff faces. And even at this far away, set at the bottom of this crystal, towering bronze double doors glint off the sunlight, reflecting and drawing your eye, basically drawing you beckoning you, calling for you to come in to this place and sort of um, even as you get closer you can see sort of bass release with the face of the Whisper in Bronze, the lady herself she adorns this she watches you enter her temple and stares across the desert from above the doors you guys have undoubtedly found what you were looking for. Welcome to the Cradle of Quartz. So we'll update the landing page to chapter three. <laughs> this is the this is, well. I like the other one better for the Cradle of Quartz. This is just a scary art. I don't think this is. I'm sure it's not. Leave iconic inventor oh, alone. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, the poor iconic inventor. Uh, so this is this is well, this is what they give for the Crayola Quartz as the landing page. <laughs> but Swabert's um, gonna die here. <laughs> no, just you again. Yep, just as a recap too, because it's been a while since since we really discussed this, right? To recap, why you guys are here at the Crayola Quartz. So at the beginning of this adventure, at this this sort of chapter of you know, the Cradle of Quartz, you were tasked with finding a scientist named Kosawana, Oliver Kosawana, who was believed 
to have been potentially figuring out the pyronite recipe you went and investigated a bunch of loud explosions at his place and found that there had been a scuffle and these group called the bumblebees or potentially the gilded gunners depending on who you want to listen to potentially had abducted had tried to abduct him he had gotten on the back of one of his mechanical creations a weird flying cat-like creature and flown out of alkenstar due east towards this direction you guys put together a bunch of clues and he seemed to have left you guys a secret coded message as a reference to a passage long deleted in the holy book and the temple and the, the logic of design which talked about a secret temple the cradle of quartz along with directions and coordinate locations to it so in order to you, you guys believe that Olaman Kosawano had, for whatever reason, come here to the Cradle of Quartz to avoid his pursuers. And you have tracked him down. You chartered an airship, and you've finally reached here at, this, at the Cradle of Quartz. So you're here hoping to find Olaman Kosawano and find out what happened, what he knows, you know, who was after him. And potentially get him before the Bumblebees or the Gilded Gunners are able to. That was your hope. Because if he has uncovered the secret to Pyronite, you do not want it falling into the wrong hands. And so that has brought us to the Cradle of Quartz, where you guys stand here, staring upon the Great Temple. Is there any obvious tracks in the desert mm-hmm. that we can identify as being uh, pr- particularly dangerous or anything that might show us that there might be certain predators or other creatures existing inside. Yeah. You're, you're talking about on the, the travel towards the Cradle of Quartz? Towards the temple, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you give me a perception check to see what we can find? And or is there a survival skill that's tied into this? Yeah, I know there's a survival skill. So if you have tracks, you can use survival to, to follow tracks. We can like if you find tracks, yeah. We'll, we'll start with perception. Oops, it's supposed to be. We'll start with perception. Ooh. Holy Jesus! But that's a natural twenty. Natural twenty, nice. So. The entire desert stand between here and the the front as you're scouting and looking for any signs, there's actually no footprints in the sand at all. The sand looks completely undisturbed. There's no signs of footprints. There's no sign of slithering tracks. It's you're not sure if potentially something about this place seems to have deterred the local wildlife from coming near it. It feels eerily desolate compared to what you might expect in a region like this but with a natural 20 I think there is a sort of faint movement you see on the temple quartz itself and it's just the little smallest flitter of like a wing and you do notice that there appears to be a strange looking creature a flying creature that has like perched on the front of this temple. And with this natural 20, you get the impression that there is 
there are some flying creatures in the area that might pose a threat to you. In fact, with a natural 20, I'm just going to go ahead and share what they look like. Is it time to snipe something else out of oh. the air? What? Chimkin. So I think in the when we get to where, where Sayoni was and the, the splash screen for uh, the last book or somewhere that's not immediately outside the door for danger's sake, Saruk is going to start uh, pulling out the, the various cogs and bits and bobs from the adaptive armor plating that he bought and go ahead and take the 10 minutes before we go in to apply it. Just quietly reciting over and over again. My heart is my strength. Those who fight without love fight for nothing. Clack goes on something. My bonds are my strength. Clack. Those who fight for no one. Clack. Fight alone. And then over, 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 over for the 10 minutes. And as we're approaching, I imagine he's doing that all stop and kind of gesture towards these creepy looking birds and, you know, say keep it down a little bit. Yeah, you, you can see uh, there's, it looks like um, the ones up top, they just seem kind of like, it seems like this is a good, like there are some nooks and crannies here where they like hide in the shade and sort of get cover from the, the harsh sunlight here. And as you get a little closer, you can see that it looks like there is a pack of these things that has made sort of a small, I wouldn't call it a nest per se, but they are like sort of near the front door, the, the big double bronze doors kind of in the nook where it's shaded and they seem to all be hanging out there and just relaxing in the shade, but they are right between you guys and the front of the temple. Uh, maybe if you can make a noise, uh, are they dangerous? Would I know or think they're dangerous other than the screenshot I saw? You can make a recall knowledge check once you've seen it to see what you know. It could be, uh, either nature or if you have more specific lore, like mana waste lore, I have mana waste lore. And what, what kind of information would you be trying to ascertain out of your recall knowledge? Are these creatures predators, prey, or just beasts out here? Got it. And do you have any lore modification uh, skills related to this? Like Saruk had earlier. I do not. Unfortunately, you are not familiar with what these creatures are. These are... Whatever these are, they seem to be something common maybe out here in, in deep in the Spellscar Desert, but not something you've come across and not something you have any immediate uh, knowledge of. But if you were to look at them based on just your general knowledge of like what a predator and what a prey looks like in the mana waste, I mean, this definitely looks like a predator more than anything. But other than that, you don't know any specifics. I think, uh, Reficule, I think maybe they, I mean, they got some big teeth. If you can see them from here, kind of glinting in the sunlight, those that aren't hiding in the shadows. And maybe you fire a warning shot near them. Don't shoot them, but maybe it'll shoo them away. That kind of happens out here if they're uh, typically prey, but I'd say be ready in case they're predators and we have to uh, either go more offensive or hide. Out comes the backpack, Melissa. Up comes the shield. Skirts over and attempts to hide. I'm always ready. I don't know where point is, but I would like to take it. Am I seeing Kosawana's like bird eagle clockwork 
device that he used to go here. Uh, yeah, give me a perceptor check as you search for it. Yeah, we deserve that. Thank you. Uh, with a tw- with a secret roll that you can't see. Question marks. Question marks. There is actually no sign of that creature here at all. I mean, granted, you can't see much, but from outside looking in, it doesn't look like that. Whatever that is, it doesn't seem posted outside this place. It's not in any space between you and the temple that you can see. Potentially inside the temple, but you don't have eyes inside you. Mm, Okay. I would also like to mount Wybert. Yeah, I I put you on Wybert, so you should be mounted now. So this here, is that like a door or a window or a ledge or... Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I'll I'll go ahead and read that off now that we're kind of getting into this space. Let's see this outside part. It looks like they're t- they're very tiny windows. It's not, a window would be generous. This is basically a slit that kind of goes from outside in, and you can see a pulsing blue light inside the dark walls of this temple. And the way that the sunlight is kind of catching it and almost reflecting off the quartz crystals down, it draws your eyes like to it. And you are able to see in. It's not big enough for you to climb through. It is only like a few inches wide. But it does provide natural light in. Um, and if you'd like to peek in, you could, you know, peek in and see what's in there. I think I'm more concerned with the clear and present. As sort of nods over towards these... If someone's in there who doesn't want us to be out here, that's a hell of a sightline. Yes, for sure. This would definitely give good sight to anything trying to like approach the temple. Must stay in front of Refugule. So is is Refugule trying to startle these things away, or what's the what's the plan? I know that was like what Hal had mentioned. Or are we just approaching to fight? Like, what is, what do you guys? How are you guys approaching this? I go to draw my pistol, and if no one. Says any different, I'll fire a shot over their heads. This feels like an intimidate check now. Yeah, with group coercion. Ooh. Oh, and with a clue in. What are your leads currently, Saruk? That's a good question. Oh, God, thank you. Uh, uh, Kosawana and you know that part where I was leveling and didn't think about my daily preparation wild uh, let me probably uh, yeah that's that's tempting uh, I know you just gave us a recap and it was really good but one more time the the thing with the code and the 23 that has a specific name the logic of design and code that. 227 code 227 is the other one then so yeah, let's go ahead and do a an intimidate check here, Ruffy, and we can go ahead and use that brand new group coercion feat you took. Right? Are we are we doing it at any increment then? Because I'm a bit far away. Yes, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, I think your gunshot is the we're, we're using the gunshot as the intimidate sound. I, I this is a kind of a, a, a case. It's not a combat use of the skill, so let's go ahead and just use it and see what happens. Saruk beats his gauntlet on his breastplate and roars. Gotcha. Is your uh, bonus still like a plus one, Saruk? Yeah, yeah, it's just a, okay. it's a free aid, basically. Oh, 29 then. 
29. These things have a will save of 18. That's a critical success. No, I think with a loud, like, boom, the loud explosion here in the quiet, um, these creatures that aren't used to, like, this sort of noises, I think immediately, like, they all, like, scurry to their feet and just sort of, like, fly up off the porch of this thing. And they fly up and they all take perch in the sort of crystal cradle uh, facade that was carved above it. So all these creatures um, immediately, like, fly up and leave the porch. They're still nested above and, like, looking down at you guys, but they seem very interested in keeping some distance between you and them. Now all of Jaha knows we're here. Let's move quickly. It was it was very loud. I'm just going to to the door. I, uh, I use a running reload as we're striding over. Um, Anita, as you kind of approach this front landing, you've been looking for any sign of, like, Kosawana's creature. You don't see any mm-hmm. sign of the creature itself, but here, like, in the sort of sandy steps leading up to this, you do see, like, almost like a big indentation in the dirt, like something heavy, like, landed here. And then mm. you see sort of, like, heavy footprints leading up towards the double doors. We're on the right track, it seems. Yeah. Um, as you sort of entrance, right, the wide paved road covered by blown sands lead to a two-level platform set before the temple's entrance. A stone shelf above the entry provides shade, which is where these creatures were shading. The double store is ten feet tall, made of weather-beaten bronze, and the walls surrounding the bronze portal are inscribed with an intricate network of gears that circle the doorway and cover all of the visible surface. Massive crystalline spears of ice blue quartz jut from the surrounding cliffs, and several window shafts cut into the face of the cliff show only darkness beyond. Otherwise, you found the entrance to the Temple of Quartz. So, Surg is going to approach the door. There's a, I think it's very obvious to tell despite the let's fucking go that's written on him. There's a sort of, not hesitation, but like, Concern ripples through him as he reaches up to the front of the door. I probably shouldn't have done this alone last time. You still there? You feel a sort of tingling that emanates from deep within you, Saruk. A connection to the divine beyond that has recently been strengthened. And you all watch as sort of seemingly out of nothing... Kijok sort of just appears like springing forth from Saruk and like standing in the space next to him. As I manifest my Eidolon. Best day ever. Reficule, like what? That just came out of nowhere. Am I a bit more hungover than I thought? You're not hungover enough. Saruk, where are we? You said keep an eye on the boy. I did. I'm going to have to trust to the kid's instincts for now. Keeping eyes on him in the short term doesn't help if I'm gone in the long term. What do you think of this door? Look safe? It's weird to narrate for the NPC. who I'm, I'm going to roll perception for Kijak, and then I'm going to aid Kijak. Yep, yep, go for it. Okay. I, th- I think, I think honestly, now that the Eidolon is like, since Kijak is part of you, I think more so than ever, like Kijak's actions are definitely directly under your control. And then 22. 
he doesn't say it appears to be trapped. He seems to think it looks safe. There's nothing apparently dangerous about it. Although he does, he does stop and you see his like ears sort of twinge a little bit. And he says, there's definitely movement beyond something on the other side of the door. I can, I can hear it like twitching of the ears. Up comes the shield. Stay behind us. Everyone ready? Everyone's in the right positions they want to be in. Yes, sir. Okay. Three, two, one. And then just runs in with the shield. Oh my God. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so we'll start with the quick description of what the room looks like, right? This hexagonal chamber. Do you see? Nothing good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can you you not see from where? Oh, how can't see from where he is? That's funny. Uh, The hexagonal chamber evokes the shape of a crystal with perfectly flat walls rising 20 feet high, angling inward towards the chamber's center and meeting at a central point 40 feet above the floor. So it's a pretty sizable chamber. The walls are inset with flat crystals, crystal faces and decorative patterns that mimic, mimic a humanoid form composed of gears and wheels. There's two sets of corridors leading towards either side of the bronze doorway, partially obscured by tattered scraps of rotted curtain. And at the eastern end of the room is an angular dais with three stone steps carved from the course itself. But that's not what your eyes are all on, right? Your eyes are all on the creature you see standing before you in the middle of the room. A large clockwork sphinx creature oh no sorry steve i would have been here in front of annie uh so the door opens there's like a there's like the creature sort of like stands to attention and you can just hear the gear start moving all his joints it's it's things that stands up at attention there's the clicking of the clockwork and it just looks in your direction and just does like it opens its mouth and there's like a voice box crystal resonating deep roar that like 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 threatens you guys not to come near it. So I don't think Saruk stop, stopped moving when shield hits door running forward at it. Roars in kind. Yeah, that is absolutely fair. Then that case, then go ahead and roll initiative for me, everyone. Ah, she's big. She's big. So we do have the scouting bonus. You do have the scouting bonus, okay. yes. I won't let me roll again. <laughs> do good. Oh. I will take it. I will take Why it. Why the chocolate? Mm. Mm. Sheesh. Another oh, sorry, crit sorry, from sorry, sorry, sheesh. Damn. Sheesh, it's good. We can sheesh all day today. <laughs> and that's a natural Dang. one from Refi. <laughs> a natural one from Refi. Up first. Rah. All right, y'all know this. Divide strategy. All right, it's gonna be a 23. Uh, I think I'm good to not, yeah. Have, there's not a site or not a not a good line to hit anything that's important because there's a door that we're violently pushing out of the way. So rather, I'm just gonna run up to this thing's face for my second action and then third action, raise my shield. Kijak stays where they are and just drops down low like a cat about to pounce. Right, and Kijak doesn't get, you have to give an action to him. He doesn't have. Yeah. So with with the summoner archetype, I don't have tandem actions. So we split our three. Uh, that brings us to the Sphinx. Uh, you do not heed its warning, so it will 
basically uh, strike at you. First action. Well, we'll say first action is it's going to um, it's going to use its sort of like voice box to, to try to target intimidate you uh, with its with its angry roar. Natural one for a negative four. It's it's like this voice box. It sounds ridiculous. It is not very good at what it's trying to do. Uh, I think. Yeah, negative four. Natural one minus five. It has a terrible charisma. Uh, and it has no intimidation skill. Uh, second action is going to be to claw strike at you. No. That's a 30. That will hit. I uh, will use my reaction to block. God, then the d12s come out. 2d12, so it's 28 points of slashing damage. So then I hit block and then I hit damage, I think. Yes, that is correct. Nice. So that is exactly the armor that I bought in one shot. <laughs> that is, that's a good point. Um, and then its, it's final, final action is to map for 24, and that's a miss, thanks to the shield race. All right, that brings us to Hal. I think seeing uh, Saruk rush in, Hal's going to quickly rush behind him. And he's going to try to move 40 feet to get around this creature. Imagine I can do it with my movement if I go around. Yeah, you could have gone around it. You got plenty of space. As you see Hal move deftly and more quickly, and he's got he's he's adopted that running pose as he runs past the creature. Thinks first action is snagging strike. Okay. It is flat footed from, from the flanking. Nice. No ice. 30. 30. That'll hit. Hit, not a crit. Or 13 damage. And this is snagging strike, so it's flat footed because of. As long as it's next to you, right? Yeah, and um, I have Titan Wrestler, so I can go up to three times larger. Yeah, you can definitely wrestle this thing. That is for and sure. And I think. Should I? I think I'm going to dueling parry. I'm just, I don't know. It's my turn. That brings us to Anita. All right. So I'm going to give Wybert two actions so that he could use three and he will charge in here. Because Wybert also has 40 feet of movement now. Mm hmm. Uh, right here, so that Ruffy won't be blocked. Is that still 40 feet? Okay. Okay, cool. And then, Arbert smash! Nice! Uh, 26 to hit. Six is a hit. Sweet! Damage! Oh, 15 points of damage. Wow, he's barely injured. He had resistance 10 to your damage. No. I found that we were like level fucking 17 and really rich so we could get Oracalcum weapons, huh? Wouldn't that be fucking right? something? <laughs> uh, so this is uh, 15 points of, of uh, bludgeoning damage uh, and it resists 10 of that. Damn, okay. Bottled lightning. Good to know. Um, I think Wyber has one more action. Yeah, I'll map attack it. 25 to hit. Nice. You also have that feat where you have you have standard cover anytime you're on a wiper, right? Uh, lesser cover, yeah. Seven for seven points. Oh, uh, yeah, bludgeoning. 
uh, not enough to bust through the physical resistance, and it, it just the blow glances off the thick plating of this thing. Yeah, so Anita would grab a moderate lightning bottle. I might use this on our friend right here, unless you both are okay with hitting, with being in its splash area. You see Saruk is reaching to the bandolier for his own bottle of lightnings. All right. And that's it for my turn. I have a bottled lightning in my hand. Yep. Go ahead. Did you uh, go ahead and do that in your inventory so it marks it too? Just like put it in your hand. Oh, you got one. Or I got a lesser one in your hand. I don't know if that's one you want. Rough kill. Right. So I shouldn't get right up close to him then. Unless you want to get hit. Right. So I'll use my free action to stride closer to an enemy that I can see. Uh, Twenty-five feet. That's 20. I guess I'd just go here. That'd be 20. I already have my pistol out. I guess I'll just shoot. It is flat-footed, thanks to the snagging strike. <gasps> nice! That's a critical Ooh. hit, I believe. That is a critical hit. It doesn't even need a natural 20. It's just a critical hit. <laughs> Eh, not the greatest of damage. Not the highest rolls. It is resistant 10 to this damage, so it takes 11. And uh, I needed to make a fortitude saving throw. Oh, you do need to make a fortitude saving throw. Yes. That is a uh, success. No. Plus 18. <laughs> Christ. All right. Christ has left the chat. There is only Majagua. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not... I, can't get closer to it, so I guess I'll just reload for my second action and uh, shoot it again. Stand standard reload? <laughs> standard reload, because I right. was told not to get close. Map attack. Uh, that's a hit. Nice. Oh, it won't get through its resistance, though. Uh, not Yeah, it just deflects off the resistance. We need that, like, 1950s Western ricochet sound effect on that soundboard. <laughs> and uh, that's my turn. And I go, all right, whatever you're going to do, please do it, because I'd really like to get close to this thing. <laughs> all right, uh, Saruk. Your logic is concerning. All right, devise a strategy. What do the dice? What the fuck? That's a never oh natural 20. Oh my gosh, that's what, your fourth? Let's go, Saruk. Yeah. I'm Whoa. so good at Pathfinder. You are You're so awesome. good at Okay, so I'm going to fire a backpack ballista in this guy's fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's, you've left open that spot, so backpack ballista it is. Nice. Okay, so first action without second action is I assume a 34 is a critical hit. It, well, yeah, you, especially because you got a natural 20. It's definitely a critical hit. Eat shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh, nice. 50 damage. <laughs> that's more than the dragon. That's more than the dragon. So that's 50 points of damage. It is resistant 10, but it does take 40. Goodness. I softened him up for you a bit there, Saruk. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> we can take the lightning, Anita. Don't worry. And then third action All is right. my shield. And pass turn. Okay. Amazing. Another crit. Okay, um, it like it's, it continues to grind. It's like chest plates grinding. It's got like all kinds of mechanical gears. It's being like surrounded, and it just I think first 
target, it's gonna like swipe at Saruk. Actually, yeah, it can't even because you guys are surrounded. It can't even step away from House Nagging Strike because even where it steps, it's still within range. Okay, it's gonna use an action that it has called Pounce. It's one action that allows it to stride and strike. So it will attempt to stride away, which will trigger a reaction, an opportunity attack. I think Hal is the only one that has opportunity attack, right? I'll take it. Yep, go ahead and take it. The 19 is going to be a miss. Can I use a hero point? Yes. Yes, yes you can. Use a hero point. Hack! Even worse. Oh, down to a 2. That was a 20. Alright, you need to back your token up. I can't share a space with me. <laughs> yep, it, it moves away from your... your it, it kind of breaks away from your grip, Hal. Runs over, straight away from you. Hits the wall, and in one kind of crazy gliding motion, like, all its uh, gears and legs, like, invert as it turns itself around and just pounces right back at Saruk. Uh, so that's one action. Mm. Nice. 24 is a miss thanks to the oh shield God. raise. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, second action, it's going to just do another claw strike. Uh, 32. I will block it. 23 points of damage with the block. The, the gears on the shield shatter. Uh, last action, it's just going to continue to map attack. Doesn't have much else on the stat block to do. That's it. It misses. All right, Hal. I'm going to delay. Okay. I, I like it. Tactical thinking. How is delaying? That brings us to Anita. I'm sorry, Saruk. And then I'm going to throw my moderate lightning for one action. Yep. Go ahead and target it. Throw that bottle. Bottle be thrown. 30. 30. That's a hit. That's a hit. Okay. So it will take nine points of damage. Nine points of electricity damage, right? And it becomes damage, right? flat-footed until the start of my next turn. Yes, electricity. Okay, so nine points of damage. It takes ten points of extra damage thanks to its weakness to lightning. Okay. And then the splash damage deals two. Takes that to uh, twelve points of splash damage. And yes, it is flat-footed until the start of your next turn. And it, like, and you can just see it like jolted, and it's like the electricity is making its gears not work as easy. It looks really weak to that electricity. All right. And then I would give Wybert one action. So he has two and he's going to move. Right. Ooh, oh, too far, too far, too far. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, guys. I think Wybert fast. that would give Hal space. Move. <laughs> it won't move. <laughs> As Annie throws that and it's super effective, I go, should I do the same thing? Yes, if you have it, you do have it. <laughs> all right, maybe don't go right next to it then. It's all right, I can take two. Okay. Two? What do you mean? I think we're going to one. <laughs> if I was going <laughs> to no. quantify the amount I could take, two is definitely in <laughs> And then um, I'll use so one, one, one. And then my third action, I'm gonna like grab another uh, bottled lightning. Okay. Another, yeah, moderate. 
Perfect. Uh, how did you want to go now, or you wanted to wait? Delay for after Ruffy. Ruffy, go ahead. Annie, are you sure? She'll be okay. <laughs> I will be okay. <laughs> are you okay, Annie? Reluctantly, I'll spend one action to pull out the uh, bottle of lightning. I will throw it at it. Excellent. That is a That's hit. A 30. Max damage. It's the lesser one. Okay, so it's extra 10 damage from its weakness. So 17 points from the original hit. The splash goes off. It's one point of damage to Saruk, one point of damage to Anita, one point of damage to Wybert. And then it takes the one. That's the one damage. Um, and then it takes an extra 10. Um, and it zaps for more. And it's. Still flat-footed until the beginning of uh, or sorry, Refi's turn as well. Uh, it's, it looks like it's it's the lightning's doing a lot of work. It's still standing, but you can just tell with the movement. It's getting very erratic, and it's not moving as smooth as it was once before. A zombie. And then third action, I would like to running reload right here. Okay. That's my turn. Now Hal would like to take his turn, I assume. Yes. All right, go ahead. Right here. I will take a... Uh, 24 is a hit, thanks to the flat-footed condition. The lightning blast. 14. Uh, okay. 14, it's resistant 10 to your damage, so it's still standing. I think I'll make a map attack against it. Okay. Is that the... I guess it wouldn't be the press thing, because you already used two actions. Never mind. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it yet. I normally only use it when I do, like, three attacks. Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't move away from me... It's already flat-footed. Snagging strike. Oops, that's minus five. So it should be minus five on that, so 20. Nice. Uh, 20 is not enough to hit, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh. That's my turn. All right, top of the third round, Saruk. Don't mind me. I'm counting all the all these bottled lightnings that I've bought. Do I? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking too hard. Devise a stratagem. Investigator, you're thinking too hard. Oh, it's Why be a the fuck? <laughs> Let's go. Oh. Damn. All right, so I'm going to draw. I, I clearly. I'm going to draw that moderate bottled lightning that somebody gave me this morning for my second action. Would a 33 hit this thing? Uh, a 33 does hit. Unfortunately, it's not a crit. Even though it's flat-footed? Even though it's flat-footed. Boo! Okay, let me print the damage. It's close, but it's not quite a crit. Let me draw the things that I need to draw so I can print the damage. Uh, I think this sees the damage from Devise's It does. Ooh, she do. Okay. It, well, let's just double-check. Is that... Is that, is that Devise's treasure actually right? Plus 10, plus 4. It's, it's plus 14, your normal attack roll, using yeah, your intelligence. Yeah. So everything else is... Uh, I'm putting the plus 1 in from, like, runes and shit. Uh, got it. I just want to make sure we got... Because I know you just, you went up a level. I just want to make sure that it's... Oh, right. I went up a level. Uh, so my intelligence is 18. My... I don't know what the 10 reads. If the macro would have updated when I updated the sheet, Yes. If the macro you made would not have updated, it is one higher. 
Yeah, let's double check. Let's double check. Because if it's one higher, it's a crit. Devise the stratagem roll. So I have it. It's your simple modifier plus your int modifier, which should already be. Yeah. So I think. I think it already. I think it automatically applies it. Makes sense. Okay, cool, cool. Too bad. Damn. Too bad. Rip in. I guess I can have one only hit. That's fine. That's okay. So the whole team takes two electric damage. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so uh, 16 points of damage plus the weakness. So you basically you splash it. It like gets zapped with electricity. Everyone takes the two points of splash damage around it. That's Refi, Saruk, Hal, Anita, and whatever. Literally the entire party except for Kijak. Kijak and I share hit points. It's fine. He felt it. Share hit points. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so you bl- you blast it, right? It like crumples in. You hear the grinding of the gear stop as it lays in like a crumpled pile in the middle of you guys. And then in the middle of that silence, you hear another sound. Not quite a grinding gear sound. Something deep within this thing. Click, clack. Click, clack. Tick, tock. <laughs> Tick, tock. No. It's a different sound, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not click, like it's a TikTok. Oh, no. This better go on y'all's TikTok. It's too fucking meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your turn, Hal. What if it was? Run away. So that was two actions for Saruk, right? Or just that one? That was three. That was devise, interact to draw a strike. Yes, you're right. Okay. I mean, you're not going to leave us on a cliffhanger when the thing's about to explode? Uh, in this case, no, because its turn is next and it happens. Its ability happens when its turn comes around again. So there is no, um, I think there is no time for you guys to even react. Yeah, there's no time for anyone to react or disable or to do anything. It's just bad luck with how it it uses um, its built-in self-destruct action. So a 20-foot emanation, which is all of you guys. Um, I need you guys to do a reflex saving throw as this thing, this creature, the ticking stops, a little thing a little alarm clock inside goes ring 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 and then whoosh, explodes outwards in a blast of shrapnel praise madragua anita you have the you have the lesser cover bonus from uh Wybert at least so that's good what what does that mean <laughs> it gives you an extra plus one to the saving throw oh so 25 Wybert needs to make one as well hey Burnt all them hero points. Heck. So the fun thing about being a summoner is when we're both caught in a thing that does a reflex save, we are ostensibly rolling with disadvantage. Oh. Fun. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, how, yeah. So how does that work? Do you both make your own rolls? You can't take twice as much damage, though, can you? Right. Yeah. So oh. the way it works, yeah, I'm going to grab like the exact text. I, out of character, I have a champion summoner on Tuesdays, and I like to beat him <laughs> up with fireballs. <laughs> but uh, the way it works is uh, when we're both caught in... I like an AOE, say, because we share hit points. We both roll for it, but we can't take double of. So rather to represent, oh, God, two people are taking damage. Uh, you roll twice and take the lower of the two. There's like way, way later on, there's a feat at like level 12 that negates that. But if you want to hurt me, fireballs will do it. Self-destruct action here is hurting then. Yes, it's going to suck. <laughs> 21, which so the lower of the two is what, 18? So. Yeah. Okay, so failure failure for everyone except for Hal. 
Is 25 a failure? Yes. Ah, uh, never mind. Unfortunately. I'll that way. Oh, look, someone gave Reficule a hero point. Oh, it's 37 yeah. points of pierce. Oh, yeah, Reficule, you got a hero point. Do you want to cash in the hero point right at the end of the session? RK Richard RPG gave Reficule a hero what point. What a kind man. That. What an absolute good person. I bet he's great at chess and running edgy games sometimes. Reficule! <laughs> He also does, so, so I'm going to use a reaction when this happens. The second new cool thing that I got. Uh, when, when you gave me Kijak, uh, I was playing Elden Ring a lot at the time. And this is where the, the flavor comes from. Uh, there's an explosion. Saruk panics, looks over, sees that Refi's going to catch a lot of it, and roars. The roar is sounded off simultaneously by Kijak, who briefly demanifests and then jumps like up onto Refi to pull Refi backwards as an immediate act or immediate action this isn't one as a free action i'm gonna hit the liberating step i assume an enemy is damaging my ally with this yeah it is so then refi gets gm does math resistant resistance eight to the incoming damage yeah so you take eight less and may immediately step if they would like to nice and then Kijak demanifests and appears back in the square that Kijak was in. You take, you know what? We're all bad at math. I'm using this calculator. You 29. take 29. Mm -hmm. 29. <laughs> yeah, if you just apply the damage and then just modify your minus eight using shift click to apply the damage, it would do it too. Goodness. For more information, watch Foundry Cryptos video on damage by us. Don't do this. I think as that as a creature explodes, like the last remnants of its body just sort of explode outwards, sending shards ricocheting off the walls back and forth. You guys are caught in the shrapnel that kind of explodes outwards, uh, much louder than even Ruffycule's gunshot was a minute ago. And uh, if there is any stealth approach to your current mission, it is out the window because this is freaking loud and. Nobody goes down, I don't think. No one went down from that damage that you guys all took. It just hurt quite a bit. Yeah, I feel like Kijak probably manifests in Swiss cheese briefly when they return from wherever it is they are reforming, and then Suruk starts just like bleeding out the nose.